And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are we? Very well, thank you. And before we get started today, you wanted to tell a good news yeah, story. Yeah, I think, you know, credit where credit's due. And this one was, it was nice to see that old school customer service still exists. Um, I found a flat tyre in my wife's car and couldn't get out of the driveway. Mm. And also couldn't get the wheel off. And if my rig can't get the wheel off by jumping up and down on the thing, like the the the, the bar thing that undoes the nuts, that was yeah. that was going to snap before I got the wheel off. Yeah. So I rang Goodyear Gungullen and I got Matty White on the phone. And Matty goes, what's the problem? I said, I can't get the wheel off. And he started laughing. And then I said, my wife can't get the wheel off. And for those of you that know me, if my wife can't get the wheel off, that wheel's not coming off. What did this guy do? He could have gone, oh, well, you know, just get it towed here, we'll get it fixed. Matty sent one of his lads out. There was someone at my house inside 15 minutes. This lad got the wheel off, took it back to the store, got it fixed, got it sorted, put the spare on before he left, and then called my wife and said, come down, it's all fixed, you know, by lunchtime. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but in this COVID environment of most places do just enough or, sorry, that's not my job, it was just really nice to see that somebody could have that old school mentality of I'm actually going to go a little bit further, which yep. which used to be called just standard great service mm-hmm. that sort of died many years ago. Um, but I thought, you know what, massive shout out to uh, Goodyear Gungarland. If you need some tyres... Yep, well, they, there you go. They're going to take there, my there's, money. There's still a few gems around there where, you know, businesses yeah. that will provide yeah. great service and sometimes they can be a little bit hard to find, but they yeah. do exist, trust me. Yeah, they're no, out there. I agree. There's, there's plenty of people that uh, want to do the right thing. Mm. Now, speaking of doing the right thing, people are always concerned about doing the right thing before June 30, and in, in particular in regards to their superannuation. So, mm. Luke, today what you've done yep. for us is you've compiled your top five questions that people ask about their super and things they need to do before the end of the financial year. Yep. So, in no particular order, they're no. not in, in order of importance or anything, no, but no. question number one. Yep. I've reached my limit of $27,500 in contributions. Can I add money any other way? And that's a great one. And this one really sort of shows that people are focused on deductions because that's the one that we sort of have rubbed in our face the most because people might salary sacrifice, um, but we know we get superannuation guarantee from our employers, um, which will go up from the 1st of July, which is nice for all the employees out there. Not so nice for all the employers. Um, But yeah, look, you can make a deductible contribution up to 27,500. Remember, you can also make a non-concessional contribution. So if you've sold an asset or you've inherited some money or you've won some Powerball, um, or you've sold your overpriced car because the car market's crazy, um, and you've got some cash that's sitting around and you're thinking about, well, where can I invest it in a tax-effective environment? You can use the non-concessional limits. And what that is, is you can put in $110,000 a year or $330,000 in one go. That is effectively the bring forward of three years of the 110 limit. And that precludes you from making contributions for the next three years. So that's a great one to think about where you've got some lumpy cash and you want to add it into superannuation. You may want to retire in, say, August and get in some money from the sale of a house or, um, you know, you've, you've got some money from somewhere and you don't want to invest it in your own name. 
making a non-concessional contribution is great. Remember, there's also the downsize of legislation. Um, if you've sold your home and you meet the criteria for that, that's another way of adding to superannuation. So just keep in mind with this one that there are a few different ways that you can add to super. There is more to consider than just the concessional limit where you claim a tax deduction. Fantastic stuff. So obviously there's a difference between the concessional and non-concessional contributions, and it's all about how it's treated for tax, isn't it? Correct. That's right. So if we swap out the word concessional for deductible, oh, yeah. non-concessional, not deductible. And a non-concessional contribution is great because you may have sold a property or got money from anywhere else that has come from a taxed source and you don't want to pay more tax putting it into super, yeah. you can use the non-concessional contribution rules and add to superannuation and incur no tax liability whatsoever. So it's a great one to bolster pensions before you kick them off. And in no particular order of importance mm -hmm. or otherwise, question number two. How can I increase my deductions before June if I already salary sac sacrifice into super? Yeah, now this is another one that a big misconception that salary sacrifice is the only way to get money into super and benefit from a tax deduction. And that normally, or it used to, require you to go to your employer and say, look, I'd like to put $300 a fortnight on a pre-tax basis into my superannuation and your employer will sort that out which means your salary will drop in relation to what you take home every fortnight but you're benefiting from a tax deduction throughout the year what you can do is you can make what's called a personal deductible contribution and a bit like the the, the last question is well i've got some cash here from wherever it's come from can i make a contribution to super and benefit from a tax deduction and the answer is yes Again, we need to keep in mind that we've got that $27,500 limit or we've got the unused concessional cap space for up to five years prior, which goes back to the 1819 financial year, where you could make a larger contribution provided you meet certain criteria, but you effectively take your $10,000, you put it into your selected superannuation fund, and this part is really, really important. You must lodge what's called a notice of intent. And that tells your fund, hey, Mr. ABC Superfund, I've put $10,000 in here and I'm going to claim a tax deduction. Because the general rule for super funds is that if you put money in that has come personally, you're not claiming a tax deduction. That is their view by default. Okay. So without this form, you can put your $10,000 in, but there's no deduction. So form goes in after you've put the money into your fund and it says, I've put in $10,000, I want to claim $10,000. And then the fund will write back to you and say, hey, Luke, thanks for putting in $10,000. We've recorded it as a concessional contribution. So that's a great way leading into June to have a look in your super fund and see how close you are to 27500 or how much cap space you have in relation to what you haven't used in previous years. Put the money into superannuation, claim 100% of it as a tax deduction, and that means if you earn $100,000 in wages, you threw $10,000 in and claimed a deduction, you've now reduced your taxable income to $90,000. So a great way to minimize tax and bolster superannuation with money in your own name. 
Absolutely. But, of course, the really important thing there is make sure you do the paperwork because oh, if you don't, you miss out. There's a lot of tears come from not filling in a form, <laughs> I tell you. It's a very expensive form sometimes. Yeah, well, absolutely, yeah, for not doing it. For not doing it, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Which brings us to uh, question three. Now, this, I, I bet this is one you do get a lot. Mm. Do I have to be still working in order to add money to super? Mm. This is a cracker. A lot of people come in and go, well, I've got all this cash and I'd really, I'd like to put it into super, but I don't have a job. And when you ask them, well, what does a job have to do with putting money into super? They go, well, that's just how it is, isn't it? No, no, it's not. Um, but I also preface that by saying it depends. So you can put money into superannuation under the age of 67 and you don't have to do anything. You need to meet a work test if you are over the age of 67 and that rule will only apply where you're claiming a tax deduction after the 1st of July. Okay? So at the moment, if you're under 67, this financial year, throw your money in, no problems. The legislation will change on the 1st of July, and it will say that anybody up to the age of 75 can put money into superannuation without needing to do a work test. And we touched on this a couple of weeks ago with some changes in the legislation, which I think is fantastic because you can have money outside of superannuation at the moment and you can't put it in because you're over 67 and can't meet the work test. From the 1st of July, you won't need to worry about that and you'll be able to take advantage of that non-concessional. Right. So that, that change comes about. in <clears throat> on the 1st of July, meaning yep. it doesn't help you this financial year, but it, it will next year. If, you, if you're over 67 yep. and can't meet the work test, you've got to wait till the 1st of July to get yep. your cash in. With markets doing what they're doing at the moment, that might save you a few bucks anyway, so <laughs> yes. that's not too bad. But no, you don't have to be gainfully employed. Another great example of that is, let's say you sold an investment property and you've already retired. You might have capital gains tax payable on the sale of that asset. Think about using money and putting it into superannuation and claiming that $27,500 concessional limit to reduce the potential capital gains tax on the sale of that house, or even better, bring use the bring forward rules so we had one of these the other day where we made eighty five thousand dollars of capital gain disappear and the most the person paid was 15 percent because he hadn't put contributions in prior and he was going to bring forward all the space that he had under the concessional limit to offset the capital gain on a house uh, that had a significant amount of profit tied to it so you, you don't have to be working you need to think first do i need the deduction <coughs> and then work backwards and say, well, what are the eligibility criteria? Do I meet them? Do I not? And have I also taken into account my total super balance, which is another threshold people need to consider? Okay. So depending on what age you are, there are some rules and restrictions, but yep. uh, generally the answer is no, you don't have to be working no. to put extra money in your super. Exactly right. Which neatly brings us now to question number four. Can I start a pension and get money out of super if I am still working? Now, this is a great one because people at the moment who have been planning for the last, you know, 10 months to have some money to put into super, who have accidentally gone and flown to Hawaii and bought a car and, and, and faffed it away on Jordans, which I've got no problem with. Um, yes, you can. Can I start a pension and still be working? Yes, you can. And this is where a transition to retirement strategy comes into play because you can take between 2% and 10% of the market value of your account each financial year. And if you're over 60, the money will come out tax-free and you could use that money for contributions to lower your taxable income. You could use that to equalise um, superannuation between, say, a couple. You could use that to pay off 
a non-deductible debt with tax-free money because you're over 60. So there are lots of reasons that you would consider using a pension like this and continue working in your current occupation. Another reason is to say, right, from July, I'd really like to go to four days a week because I quite enjoy what I do every day. I just don't want to do it 40 or 50 hours a week. Yep. You could drop Fridays. You could start a pension from your super, replace that income that you've lost from dropping the Friday with money out of your super fund, keep your cash flow the same, and do four-day weeks and enjoy a three-day weekend every week going forward. So that, that sounds pretty appealing to me. Talking my language now. Love it. Today we're talking about the top five questions about superannuation and things you need to do before the end of the financial year. We're up to question five, mm. and it's a, it's a beauty. Mm. Um, do my kids pay tax if I die from superannuation? Now, aside from the fact that you can't die from superannuation, I think what we're getting at here is if you pass away and the superannuation has to be distributed to your kids, do they end up paying tax on it? And the answer there is it depends. So without getting too technical on a Friday afternoon, your superannuation generally has two or three components depending on the fund you're in. Before the ad break, we talked about making deductible contributions. They're treated as taxable. Right. If you make a non-concessional contribution, which was that limit of 110000 yeah, that's a tax-free contribution. And the super fund, think it but like an iceberg. You might have a million dollars in your fund, but under the water you'll have taxable component and tax-free component depending on how the money went in. Now, taxable component paid to non-dependent children, taxed at 17%. Tax-free money paid to non-dependent children, tax-free to the children. So the tip here is don't have an amateur hour view of this thing. It's important that you address your needs now because even though you're over 60, mm. let's say you are, you can take money out tax-free. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily tax-free to your kids. You need to look at the components. And a strategy here would be to take advantage of that change of legislation that we spoke about before the ad break that would remove the need to meet a work test up to 75. Look at your components of your super fund. Get in under the hood and have a look. And most reports will show you, I have a million dollars in my super fund. 500,000 of it is tax-free, 500,000 of it is taxable because that could be accumulated over your working life. You need to pull the money out, put it back in, Consider the relevant thresholds that you've got to work within and convert that taxable component to tax-free component because then you're yeah. future-proofing the tax payable to the kids, which is maybe not important to you, but it'll be very it important to them if will be, yeah. you get hit by a bus. Now, of course, this is a tricky one because mm. generally speaking, a bequest is not taxed. The proceeds of your will, the people that are the beneficiaries generally don't pay tax on the proceeds of a will. Mm -hmm. But of course, the the catch here is that the contents of your superannuation are not controlled by your will. It's a separate exactly thing. Right. Exactly right. Now, it depends where they're paid. Mm. So you could have a binding nomination to the estate and then the will kicks in or you could have a nomination in the fund that pays money out to children and it never sees the estate. So it's very important that your binding nominations and your, your, your objectives from an estate planning perspective in your will align with what you want to try and direct out of your super fund. But keep in mind those taxable and tax-free components will be the driver in relation to what the kids will incur because the money will be taxed in the hands of the recipient. So it's important you know where yeah. it's going to go and you have a good, sharp-witted family lawyer to draw that stuff up because 
you know, the, the old adage of a will being simple, it's, it's, well, it's far no. from. And, and that is the key point here. Mm. When it comes to these matters, it's very important to have the right legal advice to get that sorted out when you're drawing mm. up your will and uh, conducting what we know in the trade as estate planning. Correct, exactly. It's, it's, it's not simple and it can get very, very difficult. And the value that you would get from paying someone for their specialisation would be six generations deep when you look at the, the tax that you could avoid. So, you know. Don't skimp in that area. Exactly right. So, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so look, if you're unsure, if you want to take advantage of one of these strategies, 62604749. Uh, we've got envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the, the the Strategy Stacker podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And we've got Envision Financial Canberra on YouTube where you can see the show, pause it, watch it on your phone and shoot some comments in if you want us to touch on a topic. Fantastic stuff. Thanks very much and we'll see you next Friday. See you next Friday.